Hello, and welcome to the Biohacking with Brittany podcast, where I explore the cutting edge world of human optimization and health and wellness. I'm Brittany, your host, and I am actually thrilled to share that I am now in the top 2% of podcasts worldwide, which is wild. I just found that out this week. And pretty encouraging. This is a place where I share the latest insights and expert interviews and mind-blowing techniques to help enhance your body, mind, and overall well-being. So new and old listeners, welcome. Thank you for joining. This episode was a ton of fun to record. We talked a lot about weight loss, and it's something that I actually don't talk a lot about. I don't really have experts on that even talk about weight loss because I could. I just find that their opinions and what they kind of recommend, I don't necessarily agree with. And yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like a sticky topic that I I kind of just try and avoid. But this this episode was very different. And I really appreciate Dr. Jesse coming on the show and us unpacking weight loss and weight management from a different standpoint. So we talk a lot about lifestyle practices and the mental component of it and kind of like how it transitions as you get older as well. And yeah, it's just a very well-rounded conversation. So I think everyone will get a lot out of this episode, actually. Even if you are somebody who is not trying to lose weight or you've never struggled with weight management, there's still something to be said about taking a more of a self-loving approach to your health. And it's very easy to forget that. I know I have forgotten that many times. So I definitely understand it. And I also want to say that yesterday, I think yesterday, yeah, I became verified on Instagram, which is exciting. And I don't think anybody cares. that much. I know it's different now because more people are getting verified and it's, I don't know, it's just cool. It's one of those things that when you work so hard for something and you work so hard for so long at the same thing, it's nice to be able to get recognized. And yeah, I'm just like happy about it. Long overdue, I think. And a quick shout out to the sponsors of this week. Lifestacks, I was actually making a afternoon pick-me-up drink last week and I made one for my husband as well. And so now I think I might actually make it a thing. So it's kind of like around 2 or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I make like this version of keto coffee, but basically there's no caffeine in it. So I'll either use like ground decaf coffee or I won't use anything at all. And it, it will just be the Lifestacks powder with goat butter and hot water added to it. And it's like this, and I blend it together. So it's like this like frothy, hot drink. And it's really nice. And the this Lifestacks MCT powder has MCT in it, which is great for energy, great for brain, like optimization, but also has nootropics in it and adaptogens. So it's really good for getting your brain to focus and memory and faster recall and kind of pushing through that afternoon slump and the nootropics in it kind of do the same thing. So it's kind of part of my daily routine now and that's life stacks. It is in the shop 
on my website and linked in the show notes. And a shout out to Inside Tracker. So I actually talk about my Inside Tracker results in this podcast episode when we look at inflammation and fasting glucose. And what else do we look at? Fasting insulin. And there's one more. I forgot. There might be one other one. But we kind of talk about data and testing yourself. And I always get tested with Inside Tracker because they make it so easy. So I'm in Canada. It's applicable for Canada and for the States. They come to your house. Someone like a nurse practitioner will come to your house or a nurse and they will do a blood draw and you don't have to do anything. Like you don't even have to go to a clinic and they take your blood, they do the test and then they, you get your results sent to you, you know, a week later type of idea. So I love doing this every quarter. And now I have maybe like maybe six tests now. And I can actually look back and look at the different periods of my life and what my values were and how it was impacting me and what I was going through and that type of thing. So a big part of biohacking is this idea of informed, healthy decisions. And the way that you do that is through testing yourself and not guessing and collecting data and yeah, and just being more informed about what you're doing rather than going with the trends or what might feel right in the moment. That's not to say that there's not anything to be said about intuition and how that impacts you as well. But I think there's a balance between intuition and data and kind of like connecting the two. So Inside Tracker discount code is Biohacking Brittany in all capitals. And it is linked on my website and my show notes everywhere. I think it's also even linked on Instagram at this point. So definitely check that out and enjoy this episode. Stay tuned for another one coming on Friday. And next week, I'm going to the biohacking conference. Wow. In Orlando, Florida. So I am flying in on Wednesday. I will be in Florida from Wednesday to Saturday. A bunch of you have messaged me after you heard me say this last week on the podcast. But if you want to meet up, if you want to do an interview, if you want to do anything, let me know. And I would love to do that and connect because it's such a special time. And I really just want to take advantage of it while we're all kind of in the same space. So if you're going, let me know. Let's hang out. I would love to connect. I'm doing all the things. I'm going to the party. I have a costume for the 80s party. What else am I doing? I think I'm doing everything. I'll do the cold dunks, of course. So I, I really want to try to be like 100% on my game for it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to connect again, let me know. And then I'm in Toronto after that. I am trying to hook up with this one wellness clinic there, but they haven't responded to me. So if you're in Toronto as well and you want to meet up, we can also organize that. I'm in Toronto for a while, like 10 days or something. So I definitely will have time and I'll be working from there. And that's where I will be for July long weekend. So enjoy this podcast episode and stay tuned for another one on Friday. And yep, two a week, every Tuesday and Friday. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am really excited about today. I have a true wellness expert joining us. This is Dr. Jessie Haymeyer. She is a IFM certified practitioner, which I actually want to talk about because that's something I've looked into myself. She is also a licensed dietitian nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist. 
And she's here to share some really interesting insights with us about holistic health and wellness and weight loss as well, which is something I really don't talk about myself too often. She is the founder of Well Empowered, which where she practices data-driven outcome-oriented functional medicine, which we love. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brittany. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Yes. Okay. Before we get started into your journey, I just, this is just for me and me and like other people slightly interested in this. How was your experience at IFM and would you recommend it? Well, so my experience with IFM with IFM has been very good. I would say it, it really depends on what your intention is, you know, what your professional intention is, what you're trying to fulfill. Going into it, I had a had I had already received my doctorate doctorate in chiropractic medicine and was getting my master's of science in nutrition and functional medicine. So I share that to kind of, to communicate that I had a foundation of of science coming into it. It would be, I think, really difficult to, certainly nothing's impossible. You know, if you're committed to it, by all means, anyone can do it, but it would be difficult. You know, it's a very science-based program, which is what makes it wonderful. It was interesting to be in the conversation with a largely MD-based community that is kind of themselves, two things, one having an aha moment, right? Oh my goodness, this is really, when I got into medicine, this is what I was looking for. It just wasn't available within our curriculum, right? That's certainly, and it's fun to see that going on. And it's fun to see, you know, people jumping in and really shifting the trajectory of their career and embracing this work. Um, And I continue to stay involved with it, right? I'm actually... I'm I'm one of the people who grades the incoming group of practitioners. I grade their cases they submit, and I think they do really great work. You know, it's that they're out there making sure the conversation is being delivered to more and more practitioners in the mainstream, and that gives us credibility, and it also gives us access and the opportunity to make a difference. I love that. That's so helpful. Yeah, they're actually putting on a hormone course in July. And I've been talking to them about going and doing that. Well, it's online, it's virtual, but kind of starting there with them and doing that as my first course, because that's what I'm super interested in. So I will report on that. And yeah, thank you for sharing your experience. So how did you like, let's go back, you know, before this, How did your journey to holistic wellness and functional medicine start in the beginning? Well, I always like to say, Brittany, that straight lines are boring. So (laughs) my my experience was, you know, my, my journey here was very much an illustration of that. But, you know, it really started for me, I would say in college, right? In college, I, firstly, I, I really engineered. I went to UCLA undergrad and I grew up in, in the north suburbs of Chicago. And so for a gal from the Midwest to arrive in Southern California for college, I made sure my top priority was being outside. 
(laughs) So so I really engineered my college curriculum around what worked well for my workout schedule. And, you know, I I, I say that and, you know, obviously I took my studies very seriously and and that was wonderful. But from there, I, I really knew that I wanted to play a role in people's health and well-being. And initially out of college, it wasn't quite clear to me how I would do that. I started as a physical therapy aide and I worked in Santa Barbara as a physical therapy aide and then ultimately made my way back to Chicago where in 2002, in partnership with a husband and wife, I opened up the first high-intensity boutique strength training facility in Chicago called Citywide Superslow. And it's actually still there to this day. And some of our very first trainers are still there to this day. And in Chicago, I go there. So I'm still clearly a very big fan of both the workout as well as the people there. They're just wonderful. And about four years after being you know, the managing partner there, I, I really saw that I wanted to elevate my ability to contribute to people. And for me, it was a few things in my health that I had put the puzzle pieces together over the years that inspired me to really want to meaningfully contribute to other people in their health journey. For me, it was partially, I called the weight loss roller coaster. You know, I was always very, very active, but I had gained and lost weight over and over again. And in somewhere in about 2004, I really drew a line in the sand and ditched the broken, inherited, what I now call all or nothing approach. And, you know, stepped into a new journey that was defined by mastering my middle ground. And throughout that journey and, you know, living that journey, I really, it really got me clear that my health and really just having this area of my life handled was access to me being fully present with others and fully contributing to others and experiencing the joy of life. And really, the scale was only a small part of it. It was all about my life experience. And so with that in mind, I decided to get my graduate degree. And ultimately, over the course of getting my doctorate in chiropractic, decided to specialize in what I now call data-driven natural medicine, but you could also call it functional medicine, and never actually practiced as what people would think of as a traditional chiropractor, you know, with manipulations and things like that, a physical medicine. I've always practiced as a functional medicine practitioner. And it's just really such a joy to join people in their journey and watch them as they both get outcomes that they've been struggling to get for years or decades, as well as, I don't mean to be cheesy, but really be well-empowered, right? With the information and the strategies and the inspiration so that they can care for their health and their body in a way that allows them to be their best in life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, it's so cool that you get to do that. So for people listening who are kind of hearing this term like functional medicine, how do you describe it and how would you explain the approach of it is different from traditional medicine? Yeah, well, so a few ways. One is, so functional medicine takes a root cause approach to healing the body. So not to say that we never go after symptoms. There are times where it's really important to go after symptoms. But 
if we're going, you know, if we're looking to alleviate symptoms, we're also looking to address whatever is at the root of those symptoms. So whether it's digestive distress or people struggling to lose weight or people struggling with fertility or horrible menstrual cycles or perimenopausal, you know, wackadoodle hot flashes sort of situations, whatever it is, we're looking to understand for the person in front of us, what is at the source of these symptoms or this condition or disease? And how can we go in and support the body in a way that allows this person to experience health, allows their body to heal, allows them to experience vitality? And a few things that are really baked into the functional medicine model is that we recognize the connectivity within the body, right? And and I'm not, I am not anti-mainstream medicine or anything like that. I think it's really important to know what's right when. And so it is certainly sometimes appropriate to send someone to a specialist. But, you know, the people who I see on a regular basis a lot of them have already been to all the specialists and they still feel like hell and they still don't have outcomes. And maybe they have a diagnosis, but it kind of doesn't matter because they don't feel any better to begin with, right? So we really take a different approach to being targeted in identifying what's at the source of what's caused this quite literal dis-ease and guiding that person so that they are supporting their body and allowing it to heal and getting the outcomes they came to get. Yeah. I love that. And I, I totally agree with that. It's kind of like what I look for and what I advocate for, for myself, but it's awesome that you're actually able to teach and help other people do that. Because even in my own experience, it's very overwhelming trying to figure out what the root cause is, like, and actually like the real root cause, right? Like Even with something like someone could say, okay, the root cause is hormonal imbalance, but what is actually causing the hormones to be imbalanced that are then actually creating the symptoms that you're dealing with? So for the average person, they're like, this is so much, I don't know what to do. And so it's, it's great that you're actually able to like peel that all back and help people. Yeah. And it is a journey, right? We find the first point of leverage and then oftentimes along the way, It's like, okay, let's peel the onion. What's next? What's next? What's next? You know, and and the sort, the cause of the same symptom, two different people might have the same symptom, but the cause for one individual can be totally different than another, you know? So yes, continuing in that, getting the first line of information, but along the way, yeah, we will often discover and uncover new layers of what's causing their symptoms or their disease manifestation and therefore what's going to help them heal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even like in my own journey, I've, you know, I started with a lot of gut health issues when I was a teenager and now it's kind of more hormonal and it's something that I really have to work on. Like even with my understanding of health and nutrition and biohacking and medicine, like it's still something that I have to work on every single day and make very informed decisions in order to manage and keep it kind of in remission. And I could only imagine having, you know, significant health problems or like weight loss, like or weight management issues. Like it's just overwhelming. It really is overwhelming because it's kind of something you have to work on 
for your whole life, unless you feel differently. But that's kind of what I've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we're gifted with these amazing bodies. And so like, as the saying goes, if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Right? Oh, so, I love that. I've never heard that. Yeah, I love that. I, I didn't make it up, but I do love it. Um, but, you know, so yeah, as long as we're here, it is true. This is, there's no, yeah, there's no finish line to taking care of our bodies. And as we age, what our needs are and what our objectives are, I would say should evolve. In other words, it's not wrong that it changes over time. What might be important to us, top health objectives at 18 or 28, it's totally appropriate that we have different health objectives at 38 and then 50 and 60 and so on. You know, that's part of the wonderful different stages of life. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into weight loss. I'm very curious about this because again, like this is not something that I've ever focused on with clients myself and, or for myself, like I've always obviously tried to maintain a healthy weight, but it never, I don't know. It's tricky. It's, it's really tricky. So what do you think the root cause is for, you know, struggling with weight management or obesity, that type of thing? Or is it like so multifactorial and different for everybody that you can't really like pinpoint it necessarily? Well, okay, let me just step back and say, I really love the way you just explained weight loss because (laughs) it it really is. It's a messy situation. It is, it is. Right? And And I will just say, I fundamentally believe that the collective we inherited a crummy paradigm in the area of weight and body. And I really do starting to see it. I'm starting to see it change, which brings me so much joy. But firstly, just to speak to the inherited paradigm, first of all, there's a huge collapse. And I think this is why it gets so sticky between morality, like good and bad, and our weight, between morality and what we're eating or not eating, what we're drinking or not drinking, how much we weigh or don't weigh, right? There's this whole world of good or bad, should and shouldn't, cheated, all that stuff gets collapsed with an area of our health that has nothing to do with that, right? It really is simply about a few different things. What health outcomes are most important to me? And what does that make available for me in my life? In other words, what's it like for me walking around, feeling great in my clothes, Versus what's it like for me walking around feeling upset or frustrated or ashamed or the many, the myriad emotions that people experience around this world of weight. So I just want to open by just really encouraging your audience to let notice, first of all, the how often you hear people collapsing morality and food, morality and weight, morality and exercise or movement, all those different things. And also notice it in your internal dialogue and what you might be saying. And really just know there is no good or bad. And this is actually one of my favorite things to stump people on. Do you know what weight is, Brittany? No, no, not in this sense, no. Yeah, it's mass times acceleration. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mass times acceleration. Okay. 
literally mass times acceleration, right? And can you imagine if the entire world related to like, oh, I'm going to check my mass times acceleration, you know, like it would just be a riot, right? Because I mean, the, the amount of just really unfortunate significance that's been handed on that thing we call mass times acceleration really leaves so many people, you know, in this state of almost like, unable to get out of this locked in relationship that's not empowering, not very healthy, right? But I do think all of that plays a role and people struggle with weight for sure, right? Because there's this back and forth of, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the all or nothing approach that's also baked into the paradigm, right? Morality is one aspect of it, all or nothing, which ultimately is defined as deprivation or overindulgence, Right. Those are the two options people know they're going to go on the, the whole 30 and then on day 31, they're going to drink a bottle of wine and eat a big pizza. Right. Because it's all part of like they've deprived themselves. And, and so the reaction naturally to deprivation is overindulgence. But there is this middle ground mastery world that I'm, I'm just deeply passionate that people discover for themselves and really love being a part of that journey for people. But back to your original question, Brittany, about some of the root causes of weight. In the, a lot of people think that the source of their weight, weight challenges, their weight loss struggles, why they're gaining weight, why they can't lose it, is their thyroid. And I hate the bear of bad news, but one definitely wants to make sure their thyroid is working well. If you're struggling with weight, you definitely do. But even if you do find out that you have undiagnosed hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, the most common form of an underactive thyroid in the U.S., even if you do find out that it's true, you do have an underactive thyroid, it is my experience that it's almost never just your thyroid. It's usually something else and at at least one other thing and and oftentimes a combination of things. And so a few of the things that I, you know, the three things that I see most commonly causing someone's body, I think about it like, you know, your metabolism has its foot on the brake, right? It's just really, it's a slowed down metabolism. The first one is suboptimal insulin sensitivity, suboptimal insulin sensitivity. And, you know, there's a big difference between lab normal and optimal, And so when it comes to optimal insulin sensitivity, I really like to see fasting insulin at seven or less. And for most labs, they'll list it as normal up to like 19, you know, and there's, there's a difference, right? So that suboptimal insulin sensitivity definitely can play a role in someone's weight struggles. The second most common barrier to weight loss is elevated inflammation. So lots of times I'll talk to someone and they'll say, oh my goodness, I just, I'm really inflamed. And I'll ask them, tell me how you are experiencing inflammation in your body. And they'll let me know, right? I I get bloated or my skin gets a little red and or my joints hurt. You know, people experience inflammation in different ways. But I have to tell you, Brittany, more often than not, people don't have any symptoms of elevated inflammation. So we don't know if someone has elevated inflammation unless we test it. And there are a variety of tests that one could use. 
The top two tests I use are HSCRP, which yeah, high sensitivity C-reactive protein. And if that's elevated, I know by default that your body is holding on to every calorie it can get. It's just the way it works. That inflammation is designed to protect us during times of stress. And by the way, right, ancestrally speaking, famine was a recurring theme in history. So our body had it had to produce inflammation so that we could hold on to calories and survive the challenge of the moment, whether it was injury or insufficient food or whatever the case may be, infection. So chronically elevated inflammation is going to slow metabolism. I mentioned HS, HSCRP. The other one that I commonly look at in the way of inflammation is homocysteine. And I like to see that between six and eight, that HSCRP, I like to see it under 1.5. And then the third cause of weight loss struggles or barriers to weight loss is really detoxification pathways. I like to say gunked up, real technical term there. But, you know, as I'm sure you know, right, our hormones actually go through our detoxification pathways, right? The word detox is is very, very chic these days. And I always think like, oh, if you just make a supplement and slap the word detox on it, it's bound to do well, right? But but really detoxification, there are physiological, there are biological processes happen. There's phase one, there's phase two, there's phase three. And throughout these detox pathways, if something isn't working well, we end up reabsorbing our toxins or being exposed to more free radicals, things that can damage our cells, can damage our body, interfere with our ability to produce ATP, our biological energy currency. So that detox pathways that are struggling or just not working optimally, that will often lead to hormones being out of whack because, you know, we think of detoxification as something that only lets our body process pollution or things that are, you know, pesticides, but our detox pathways also process our hormones. So that's another third often overlooked cause of weight loss barriers. Eliminate guesswork from your wellness plan with Inside Tracker. Created by experts from Harvard and MIT, Inside Tracker uses the power of your body's biomarker data to reveal what you need to live longer. You'll receive specific nutrition, exercise, supplement, and lifestyle recommendations, providing insight that goes well beyond what you can get from generic blood work. And since May is Women's Health Month, Inside Tracker is unveiling an upgraded ultimate plan that includes three new hormone markers that are critical to measure during a woman's reproductive and menopausal years. And because it is Women's Health Month, Inside Tracker is not charging for these three new hormone markers. Only for May, though. For a limited time, biohacking with Brittany listeners can get 20% off Inside Tracker's new ultimate plan, which includes the estradiol, progesterone, and TSH biomarkers, which are the new ones that have been added. With Inside Tracker, discovering what your body needs is no longer a guessing game. Visit insidetracker.com slash biohackingbritney to get 20% off. That's insidetracker.com slash biohackingbritney to get 20% off today. Yeah. I I love that you broke it down like that. And when you were speaking, I was actually just pulling up my most recent blood work test that I did 
And I get tested often. I work with a company called Inside Tracker and they come to your house and they do your test. And yeah, I always look at the inflammation. I'm always keeping an eye on it. And I was surprised actually, I mean, we're getting kind of out of the whack here, but I did the CRP, HSCRP, and it's, I like mine always to be about 0.5 because I, I feel like that's the good range that I'd like to be in. But I also get all my hormones and other stuff tested as well. And honestly, this is why I like to get tested is because I just think it's so useful to have the data compared to just kind of shooting in the dark and not understanding what's happening on a cellular level. Definitely. I always say guessing is gambling. Like you're gambling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And earlier, what you said as well about the weight loss, like I think it's so, it's such a systemic problem in terms of there are so many people who yes, are overweight and are obese, but it's also such a complex issue, especially for women starting at such a young age. And it's very complex because it's related to body image issues, which then like feeds into mental health and anxiety and stress and depression and eating disorders and all of these different things. So it's, it's tough to work on it and even to talk about it because I don't want to offend people, you know? So I kind of always steer clear of weight loss, even though for myself, it's something that's always front of mind for me. Always. I'm always like, okay, this is like the size that I like to be. And how do I maintain that? And I'm getting older. So it's not as easy as it was when I was 20 years old to like be this size. And I think so many people, especially women have that internal dialogue. And honestly, like, I think you can manage it, but I don't know if, uh, I mean, you may feel different, but I don't know if it would ever fully go away. I don't know. I'm just rambling, but that's kind of my thoughts right now. No, not at all. Not at all. What what I do believe can, what can shift for people, what I've seen shift and what I've experienced shift for myself is that it's like the charge can just go away. It's like, yeah, I know, I know how I feel my best in my body. And so that's important to me, but there's just not a lot of drama around it. It's like, okay, so, okay, this is what I do so that I can feel my best and show up as my best. And that's just how it works. You know, it's, there's the, the yeah, the, I guess I, the best thing, I, the way I would say it is like the drama around it is is gone. And yeah. to your point, Brittany, it's it's so interesting. I When I talk to, you know, it's mostly women who I work with on this, although I certainly do have some very dear men who I work with as well. But I will ask them, what's the first time, what's your first memory of believing, hearing, feeling like your body was the way it shouldn't be? And it's, yeah, it's like, sometimes I just want to cry hearing the responses, right? I was five years old. I was seven years old. It's like, oh my gosh, you're a little girl. You were just, just barely not a baby. You know, it's like, oh, but it's, it's, there is a way, you know, I mentioned the all or nothing paradigm. And and to me, that paradigm is really born of self-aggression, right? There's just no winning inside of that paradigm. You're either depriving yourself, and that's certainly self-aggression, or you're overindulging, which is very different than indulging. And overindulgence is also self-aggression. And no one needs to trust me on that. You know, if, if you have, if you're a woman who can relate to this conversation, just look at your own experience, right? How did you feel 
last time you went on a diehard diet? And then how did you feel last time you looked back at you're standing there with maybe a a pint of ice cream, hitting the bottom of it with your spoon, that old in front of your freezer, right? Whatever it might be, you know, how did you feel then, right? Neither of those feel good. They both feel like self-aggression versus, you know, when people step into this new path, it really becomes a sacred journey of self-love. And I'm just really such a fan of people when they do, when when I have the privilege of working with people in this this area that they treat it as sacred, right? It's really, it's between you and you. And it, it's, you know, calling the divine to that, that relationship if you'd like, but it really is a sacred journey. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think like your perspective does change as you get older. And it's not necessarily that your habits, I mean, yeah, your habits do change, but I just think there's a bit more acceptance of, times when your symptoms are flaring or maybe your weight is more than normal type of idea. Like, at least I find that for myself, like there's, there's just more self-love and compassion compared to, like you said, like before when there's a lot of criticism and self-criticism and yeah, like internal dialogue that's like not super positive. But it takes a long time to get to that point, to be honest. And I have like several friends who I've talked to about this stuff. And I was on the phone the other day with one of my girlfriends and she's thinking about getting pregnant next year. And she was saying like, I'm so fearful of the comments that people are going to make about my body because people judge and people always say things like, oh, you're carrying so well and you can only see it in your belly and it's nowhere else. Like there's all of these sudden comments that kind of come that people just think are okay to say, whether it's family or friends. And she's like, it's so triggering for me and my body issues to get pregnant and to suddenly just have my body be more on display. And so it's tough, you know? And then there's the whole postpartum narrative of bounce back culture, which is very toxic. And so Do you ever work with women like pregnancy, postpartum? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I might invite your friend to take on is to the best of her ability. And and it may even start with like a daily ritual where she, she acknowledges ways she's lovingly caring for her magnificent body. And oh my goodness, like, is there any bigger superpower in the world than being able to create a human being. I mean, like literally if you want to like superhero, like status, make a human being inside your body and bring them into the world. Like you can't make that up. Right. So first of all, that's just amazing. And really, you know, I would encourage you to put the blinders on a little bit in this area of life. One of the things people will need to master if they're to author a journey of love is the ability, and it's a practice, of ignoring what people have to say about what you're doing and not doing and how you look or don't look. And what one simple phrase that I have found, I found for myself, you know, like as I was in my own journey, there was a period of my life when I was on the weight loss roller coaster when someone would comment on my body, it would be really triggering and I, I didn't like it. And then, you know, oh, you lost weight. You look great. I I hated it when people said that. And then when I really took it on as a 
an endeavor of self-love, my response started being, thank you, I feel great. And that was designed to both reinforce within myself what this was for and also to communicate to them what it was for. But really, honestly, more than anything else, it was the first right? To reinforce for myself what it was for. So your friend might just take on, thank you, I feel great. Or if she doesn't, thank you, I feel nauseous. You know, whatever (laughs) (laughs) she feels, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, me and her have had very, we kind of have like similar journeys with body image and stuff like that. So I, it's so complex and it's, yeah, it's so personal too. And so whenever I, you know, when my friends talk to me about their health, I'm so careful of what I say now because of those reasons of like, I don't want to congratulate them on losing weight because I don't want them to feel like they were less of a friend. Exactly. Exactly. So usually my go-to now is like, kind of like, I'm happy if you're happy. If you feel great, I'm happy for you. Like, that's that's kind of what I say. And I kind of just remove any type of like, this is what I think about this when it comes to weight specifically. Other things I'm fine to like give my opinion, but weight is just so personal. And I, I don't want to... I don't want to make it any more worse or stressful or anything like that. So in terms of like weight loss... What are some like common misconceptions that you kind of hear from your clients? Well, I would say a few of the misconceptions I hear, one one of them is that it's going to be a a quick short-term endeavor, right? Because that's that's part of the whole myth everybody has been fed. And as you so perfectly captured, you know, when we first hopped on this into this conversation was that how we care for our body is a lifelong endeavor right? So there is no arriving. So that's, that's definitely a misconception. But also, there's a misconception that there is one right way to eat or to move. There's one right way. There definitely is not. You know, when people ask me with some frequency, what do you think of fill in the blank diet? You know, it, it always entertains me. Or do you believe in? Do you believe in? I like that. It's like, do you believe in? It's like, I'm like, I'm waiting for them to next ask me if I believe in Santa Claus or something like that, you know? But I understand what people are pointing to, right? But when it comes to this whole world of weight loss mastery, there's not one right way. There's the way that is right for your body and you and your life. And to your point of living in a culture that has a whole lot of disordered eating, I mean, I actually wrote a blog a few years ago about intermittent fasting, and I said, is it disordered eating rebranded? And, you know, I certainly think for some people it's not, but for a lot of people it really is. And my, my kind of my personal sniff test for any approach is asking the person in front, well, my first question from a scientific, you know, putting my scientific hat on is, do I think this approach, this nutritional approach, or this way of moving or exercising will actually produce the outcomes that this person wants? You know, obviously, in this case, we're talking about weight loss, but in another situation, we might be talking about digestions or optimizing hormones or, you know, reducing anxiety. 
But my first question to myself is, do I think based on the evidence and my clinical experience that this approach is likely to produce the outcomes? Then my next question is going to be tossed towards the individual in front of me. And that's going to be, you know, is this something you think you could do forever? And if the answer is no, if it's not a sustainable solution, it's not a sustainable outcome. So to me, it's just not an answer. We need to find a different way to skin that cat. So definitely there's not one quote unquote right way to eat, to move, you know, et cetera, to lose weight. So that's a common myth in this area. Another myth in this area is there's something around because there's so much messiness in this area, there's there's a tendency for people to take on an either or around being kind and honest. And what I mean by that is people at a certain point when they've been living in this world of self-aggression, all or nothing approach for a long time, at a certain point, they get really sick of it. And so they throw in the towel and they decide to be kind to themselves. And so they don't look, right? They don't look at the scale. They don't look at really what they're doing or not doing. And I don't mean, you know, I understand, but if someone's really committed to this area of their life, they're going to need to find a way to be both kind and honest, right? In other words, being honest doesn't mean beat yourself up. You can be kind and be honest. You can be, you can weather the storm of stepping on the scale and seeing the number. And when I work with people, I, you know, I'm a big fan of meeting people where they are. So I'm not, there's a cadence of, of for people in this area of their, who I'm working with in this area of their life of weight loss, there's a cadence I encourage people to step on the scale with. But I also find certain people, it's kind of like I was talking to a woman last week who were just diving into this work together. And for her right now, stepping on the scale is very, very triggering. So what we agreed on is, okay, let's, let's pretend you're a horse coming out of the gate and we're putting the blinders on. And the only thing we're going to have you focus on is what you're doing, right? Because really it's actions that produce outcomes. So people talk about, oh, I want to, you know, uh, what's your goal? Losing weight. Okay, great. That's your outcome. But to get that outcome, we can create goals to get those outcomes, you know, around nutrition and movement. And, you know, maybe we're supporting detoxification or bringing down inflammation, things like that, right? But getting clear that, yes, okay, I understand that you're in the outcome you're committed to, your must have outcome is weight loss, sustained weight loss, but there are actions that will be required to get there. And that's really where we want to focus our attention. And so that does require being kind and honest. Are you tired of feeling out of sync with your body's natural rhythm? Do you struggle with menstrual cycle related issues like fatigue, mood swings, and bloating? If you're looking to optimize your health and well-being, look no further than the ebb and flow cycle guide. This comprehensive guide is designed to help you better understand and work with your menstrual cycle so you can improve your energy levels, reduce PMS symptoms, and gain a deeper understanding of your body. With in-depth information on each phase of the menstrual cycle, you'll learn how to adjust your diet, exercise routine, and self-care practices to better align with your body's needs. 
One of the biggest benefits of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is its user-friendly format. The guide is easy to follow and provides clear instructions on how to optimize your health throughout each phase of your cycle. Plus, it's packed with valuable information and insights that you won't find anywhere else. So whether you're a seasoned biohacker or you're just starting out, the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide is the perfect tool to help you optimize your health and live in harmony with your body's natural rhythm. And with my expertise and guidance, you can trust that you're getting the best information and advice available. So why wait? Head over to biohackingbrittany.com to get your copy of the Ebb and Flow Cycle Guide and start living your best life today. Yeah. It's such a tough line to walk because on the one hand, like you don't want to be obsessed and you don't want to count calories and step on the scale and do all that stuff. But on the other hand, like you do need to be honest with yourself and aware. And I struggle with this because I understand that the implications of eating processed food over time is more than just weight gain. And so when you understand that and how it impacts hormones and thyroid and sex hormones, and then blood pressure and all of these different things and how it kind of like catapults, not catapults, what am I saying? Snowballs over time, right? Like when you understand that, it's like, okay, let me make the most healthy decisions I can today so that I have a healthy future tomorrow. But also how do I not become obsessed and not drive myself crazy? And I think especially when you work in this health space, It's just this constant thing that you're trying to navigate. And I don't know, like that could just be more of an issue of people who are working in the health space, I guess, because like your awareness is just so high all the time of how everything impacts your health. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, that it's true. And so, you know, but we also, we can sit back and remember that our bodies are incredible incredibly resilient. I mean, just incredibly resilient. And, you know, like you hear about, so you just hear about some of these stories about people who endure things that are just unfathomable. It's just a testimony to how resilient our bodies are. So, you know, I definitely, I, when I talk to people and, and I can hear them going down the rabbit hole of minutia, it's like, listen, Maybe at some point it would be appropriate to split hairs, but there is, you know, are we causing undue stress at a certain level, right? If if you're unable to go out and enjoy a meal with family and friends because you're concerned that the vegetables aren't organic, you know, that's creating more stress than joy, in my opinion. So I always laugh and always come across these anomalies, right? There's what like Warren Buffett drinks, I think regular Coke cherry, like I an unimaginable amount daily. And like, I certainly am not going to advise anyone to drink cherry Coke daily in large amounts, but it's, it does make me laugh. It's like, well, I guess what he's doing is working for him. That's (laughs) so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. When it comes to techniques, for weight management and therapies in your practice, do you do anything that you would classify that's more biohacking versus like just straight nutrition? I would 
say, I mean, certainly in some of the supplementation I use, and I know you recently did a, an episode on berberine, so I don't yeah. need to sing the praise of berberine too. You already get it. <laughs> so certainly in the way of supplementation, yeah, these there are uh, there are some things that we'll use in concert with with some of the nutritional uh, shifts and lifestyle you know, everything, even lifestyle biohacking, right? Having people, okay, you're getting your steps in, but let's have you place a 15 minute walk after your meal to support your insulin sensitivity, stuff like that. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. The, honestly, I've found the lifestyle habits really, really do add up and make a difference. Even like every morning I try walk my dog every single morning, regardless of how I'm feeling or the weather. And that in itself of like setting my day, taking time for myself, like I don't have any notifications on my phone. It's super early in the morning. Like it's just so good for my mental health. And on the days that I don't feel it do that now, like I really, really feel it. Like I feel like, and so I really encourage people through, you know, my podcasts and emails, all these different places to just honestly adopt like the very simple practices but try and do them more often so that you can actually really get the benefits from them. Yeah, so well said. So well said. I, I'm such a believer that there is no such thing as a small win, right? Every time you park one parking place farther away, like, and you do it out of choice, like with intentionality, does it make a difference that you're taking three extra steps? It makes a difference for yourself because you're voting for your health, you're voting for yourself. And so, yeah, every time you get up when you don't want to, you don't feel like it, the weather's crummy, whatever the case may be, your sleep was wonky last night and you take your sweet little pupper out for even a three minute walk. It's like, you know, that's a win. That is totally a win to celebrate. Yeah. Honestly, the healthy decisions really do add up. And I think it can be discouraging if you kind of just do them once in a while. And that's why I really like kind of the compound effect of them. But like you said, like even parking further away, like it's just the little things. And I just encourage people before you invest money into some sort of like supplement or even like red light therapy or sauna, whatever these big purchases are that are actually super great. Let's just work on these free biohacks and healthy habits that you can do right now. And then go from there in like six months or a year. Cause that's really like, that's low hanging fruit, you know? Yes, I agree. And I also think, you know, Brittany, to your point that, listen, we all like it when things like the kind of like do to me kind of situation. What I mean by that is like, who doesn't love a massage? I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Who doesn't love, (laughs) you know, I don't know. A lot of your listeners, I'm sure have done acupuncture. Acupuncture is wonderful, right? All those different things. It's like, okay, I'm receiving, you're giving. And of course it feels great and all those different things. But quite frankly, sometimes change is challenging. And so doing the change that is not overwhelmingly challenging, like you said, like the small little things, starting with those and stacking them and building on them. Every time you do that, you're earning your own trust. You're earning trust given from you to you. You have evidence that you are prioritizing your health. And to me, you know, over time, that becomes one of the biggest dangling carrots because honoring yourself taking the actions that you say 
are most important to you because you notice what a difference they make for yourself. It's such a vote for yourself. It's such a vote for your health. And then on the flip side, most of us have learned through experience when we don't honor it, how like the sense of betrayal that accompanies it, like we really self-betrayal. So, you know, we all make change a little bit by this. Some of it stick on the carrot dangling and the other half of it is the stick on the back, you know, what we want and what we don't want. And that's okay. We just want to use them both to our favor. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that. I think that's like, yeah, I just think that just makes so much sense. I feel like I could talk to you forever. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so easy, which is so nice. But I do want to ask you some fun rapid fire questions as we kind of start to wrap up a little bit just random things and things I was thinking about. So first of all, what's your favorite treat or snack that still supports healthy weight management? My favorite treat. Oh, okay. 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 My favorite snack is bean chips and hummus. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I love bean chips. In particular, bean fields. So there are two main bean chips that I found that are really bean based, right? There's some others that you'll find that are like lentil chips, but when you look at it, it's like, okay, maybe they put like a little drizzle, you know, a little pinch of lentil in there, but the fiber so low, you know, it's not heavily lentiled. But the two that I'm most aware of are bean filled and Benitos. And I gotta give my hands up for bean filled. I love their chips. Their chips are super duper yummy. And I, I, as you can tell, I love salty crunchy. So, so bean filled chips and hummus. Yeah, that's one of my faves. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to try that. Chips are my kryptonite. Like I literally can't have them in the house because they're just so good. And I'll just finish all of them. So like, yeah, when you're talking middle, middle of the road strategies, it doesn't apply to me and chips. <laughs> it's- well, I will tell you one thing and like totally honor your truth. But one thing you might notice, Brittany, is something that I've seen is that if the chips are thin, they never, there's a, a term, oh gosh, what is it called? It's like, I don't, I, is it crunch point or something like that? Like there's actually a term in food science where they try to make, they intentionally make food like chips uh, crunchy enough that it's just not satisfying. It's not so dissatisfying that you want to stop, but it's not satisfying enough that you will stop. So what I have found is that a thicker chip, I can have a stop point for a thicker chip. Cool. That's good to know. That's I want to hear, want to hear what your, what your test shows, but I totally honor your truth. That's <laughs> so funny. I've never thought about that. Yeah. I just like, I just don't really eat them much anymore, but that now I will think about that the next time I do. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to supercharge your mornings and unlock your full potential? I love using Lifestacks MCT creamer for this. It is the perfect boost for your coffee that will revolutionize your fasting routine. Get ready to kickstart your day and be your absolute best self. Lifestacks MCT creamer is meticulously crafted with rich flavors and the world's creamiest MCT to please your taste buds and keep you satiated. This advanced blend of nootropics and adaptogens provides optimal nutritional support, giving you the ultimate edge to maximize your productivity while fasting. With Lifestacks MCT Creamer, you'll experience upbeat energy that will keep you feeling great all day long. 
So say goodbye to those midday slumps and hello to a sustained and natural source of energy that will fuel your mind and body to accomplish all of your goals. What sets Lifestacks MCT Creamer apart is its premium nutrients and 45 fat burning calories. It not only energizes and satiates, but also enhances your metabolic benefits. Now you can fast better and longer with ease, knowing that you're providing your body with the fuel it needs to thrive. So here's how it works. Step one, you simply add Lifestacks MCT Creamer to your coffee. Step two, get all of your stuff done, experienced enhanced focus, mental clarity, and increased productivity. And step three, fast with ease, knowing that Lifestacks MCT Creamer is supporting your fast every step of the way. You can also use this when you're not fasting like myself, like I add it to my coffee with my goat butter every single morning as a keto coffee that I do, and it tastes like phenomenal. My favorite flavor is the vanilla, but it also comes in chocolate and hazelnut as well. The MCT oil, the MCT powder is actually powered by GoMCT, which is the world's most premium medium chain triglyceride powder. So it's made with pure C8 and C10, C10 MCTs for maximal ketone production which is why I love it. I love using the best of the best and this is why I'm recommending it to you. So don't miss out on trying this. I really recommend it. It will be linked in the show notes of this podcast episode. It's also on my website, on my shop, and you can check it out right away. That's Lifestacks MCT Powder and they are on Amazon as well, which I love because it makes it so easy for all of us to get it. So check it out today. Ignite your mornings, fuel your fasting, and unleash your full potential. The next question, if you could only practice one form of exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? That is horrible, Brittany. How could you ask such a question? <laughs> I would hike and do yoga on my hike. Can I do that? Can I do like a hike to do yoga? That no, kind of- no. That's, that's two. That's two for sure. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I just, I love moving. So I don't know that I could choose one, but if I had to only choose one, Outdoor yoga? I don't Outdoor know. Yoga, fair. I, mean, fair. I just, I love hiking. I love, love, love hiking. But I also, you know, like I'd want to use my upper body as well, not just my lower body. So it might have to be out, you know, yoga on a mountain. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I love hiking too. So I don't know what I would pick. Probably the same. Or yeah, for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. No, because I mean, I love strength training, but I'm not going to only, if I can only choose one form of exercise, it's not going to be only in a gym. Like I'm going to have to be outside. Yeah, exactly. What's your favorite self-care ritual or activity? Oh my gosh. I love tea. I love, love, love tea. And so I have a daily ritual. I have this beautiful black a teapot, like a loose leaf tea soaker, like really lovely one that my brother Joe, I've got three brothers. My brother Joe gave it to me for Christmas one year. And every night before I go to bed, I put my, my cold water in my electric kettle and I put my loose leaf Earl Grey tea in my teapot. And the next morning, it just like always feels like a gift that a magical fairy gave to me when I like have it all ready to go. And I get to take my first sip of tea. So yes, that is a visual. If you could recommend one book on holistic health and wellness or even functional medicine, what would it be? 
Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I honestly think I'd recommend <laughs> a book by a book on Buddhism. Um, really? So, yes, because I really do believe that at least found the big things that people see they would benefit from, but that they're struggling with themselves to do. I actually think I'd start there. And so I will say one of my favorite, my, my spiritual superheroes is Pema Chodron, P-E-M-A-C-H-O-D-R-O-N, Pema Chodron. And she is the first American born Buddhist nun. And she was, she's close to 80 now, I think. And she was married and divorced twice. And after her second divorce, she was like, oh my God, I am doing something wrong here. And ultimately made her way to Buddhism. And so I share her history because you can imagine that her writings are very relatable and she brings a good deal of humor and compassion to them. And, you know, Buddhism works with any religious beliefs. It's really a philosophy. So it can work, you know, no matter where someone is in, in that whole world. But one of her books is, that I love is The Wisdom of No Escape. Another one is Comfortable with Uncertainty. I mean, really, I, I when I talk to, when I, if I believe someone will benefit from one of her books, I tell them, go on Amazon, look her name up, P-E-M-A-C-H-O-D-R-O-N, Payment Children, and then choose whatever book calls your name. You'll choose the right one. So that's actually where I'd, where I'd invite people to start. I love that. I wrote that down because I think I will order one of those books. Awesome. Yeah. I'm always open to stuff like that, especially with authors that I've never read before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. And the last question, well, I have a few more, but we'll see. What's the weirdest wellness trend or practice you've come across or maybe even done yourself? Um, I think the master cleanse was pretty weird. Oh, (laughs) fair. You know, I'm sure that, yeah, you, you get it, right? So that for your listeners is the one where it's like, I don't know. I don't remember how long it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be like five days or 10 days. And you're drinking this concoction of like cayenne pepper and lemon. And I think a little bit of maple syrup or something like that. Yeah. 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 That was pretty weird. And I did try it. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Oh my gosh. So did I. Yeah. I did it like years ago. And I remember hearing that like Beyonce did it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to try this thing because you're just so influenced. And yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I, yeah, I, I hated actually, it. It was like one of the turning points that had me draw a line in the sand was the master cleanse. Wow. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember like towards the end of it. Well, I mean, I think it only lasted two days. But so that second day, maybe it was three. I was so hungry. I remember I was standing in the kitchen of my apartment and I could hear my stomach. It was like, you know. Um, And I had like the sludge filled glass in one hand and my keys in the other because I was ready to go to McDonald's and get a McFlurry because naturally that's what you do when you just finish, when you can't take the master cleanse anymore. The solution is get a McFlurry, right? That's so funny. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I would not recommend. Okay. Last question. If you could have a conversation with any influential figure, past or present about holistic health, nutrition, wellness, whatever you want to say, who would it be and why? It would be, I would talk to Marion Nestle. So Marion Nestle is, you know, she's just been such a 
fabulous front runner in this field of nutrition. She's a molecular biologist, incredibly smart woman. She's in her mid eighties and Nestle, just like it sounds right, like the chocolate, but she's just been a huge contribution to this field. And I would love to have a conversation with her. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's so interesting. I always find it interesting who people say if I ask them that question. Yeah. Cause it would just be so cool. Especially like, I mean, today, people today would be great, but if you think about historical figures as well, like just really opens it up to everybody. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was excellent. If people want to work with you or connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah. So people can find me at wellempowered.com. And for those of you who are interested in exploring working together, there is a place where you can, you'll see, you can click and schedule a complimentary virtual 30 minute consultation to chat a bit more, give me a chance to learn a little bit more about you and, you know, talk about it. What it what it would look like to work together. And then of course you can find me on social media, well empowered on Instagram and on Facebook at you well empowered and on LinkedIn under my name, Jessica Haymeyer. That's awesome. Okay. I will put all of that in the show notes and the blog post and on my website for you and for everybody. And thank you again for coming on. This was so much fun. Thank you, Brittany. It has been such a pleasure to chat and connect and share our love of empowering people in their own journeys towards health and vitality. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.